Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Hecke. Um, we're on a time crunch, and the reason why we're on a time crunch today, uh, let me close the window because that's back open because it's hot in this room again. Um, we're on a time crunch because shout out to my sister, Grace. It's her birthday. Um, well, today's not her birthday. Saturday was her birthday, and uh, sorry to break the fourth wall. I record these typically like over the weekend, which means we're in the middle of doing a whole bunch of stuff for her. This is kind of her day, but at the same time, of course, we have to get this episode out because, you know, I am very excited about the information that God has for us today because um, God is good, man. Um, and and yeah, shoot, I'm not going to like try to like rush through it or something like that, but I am going to get straight to it today, you know, just out of respect for stuff that it's her day, you know what I'm saying? But nevertheless, I hope you guys had an amazing week. Um, you know, Kendra kind of talked about it last last week on her episode. We are in the middle of a fundraiser, and I'll definitely lean into that more come May. Um, but we're in the middle of a fundraiser, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are fundraising for the next Poetry Jam coming up on August 26th. Uh, in, yeah, I was about to say August 26th in August. That's crazy. Um, but we are in the middle of a fundraiser, and um, yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to get everything in order. Um, God has been using a lot of you guys faithfully to be donating, and I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. And I want to ask you guys, um, you know, to continue to, you know, if God lays it on your heart, to please consider donating to our nonprofit, to this organization, to this ministry, rather, um, so we can continue to do the things that we do, you know what I'm saying, at, at the capacity, at the quality that um that that you deserve all right um so i'm very excited for that show what's so interesting about that show is because we turned five years old exactly on that day august 26th and there's no better way to celebrate that than having a poetry jam man um august 26 2018 was the day that unassociated.com launched it was first a website before it was anything else well technically it was an instagram page and then it was a website, but yeah, the, the website launched and like all of the activities, all of that stuff started um, August 26, 2018. And God has been with us, man, since then. I got this OG shirt on. Honestly, I really couldn't find anything else to wear today. And you know, I'd be, I'd be repeating t-shirt, I'd be repeating t-shirts, y'all know that, um, because I can't even like, the way my lighting is set up in here, if I wear like light t-shirts, it like messes things up in like post production. I don't even know why I'm talking about that now. Let's get to this episode, man, because we're on a we're on a time crunch. See, don't 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 rely on me to <laughs> do things on time. <laughs> um. Okay. So today I wanted to talk to people who are in the rough, man. I want to talk to people, um, similar to like you know Kendra's episode last week. She talked about trusting in the Lord, and I think that um that was an episode that maybe a lot of you guys might have needed and. And I, and I feel like my episode has a similar theme, um, really talking to people who are in their waiting period. And if I'm being real with you, like, and I hope no one's offended by this, I'm talking to the people who are in a waiting period, but not just that you're waiting on God for something. You are, if someone were to look at your life, it looks like you don't have your life together or your ish together, as people like to say. 
Um, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you find yourself, you know, a lot of you guys are graduating right now. And although a lot of you guys might have something lined up, maybe some of you guys have not had something lined up. Um, and you don't know what's going to happen next. And everybody's asking you what's going to happen next. And if you've been on been watching this podcast for since 2020, then you know that there were many episodes where I got behind this mic as an unemployed Emmanuel. By, by the grace of God, that's not me anymore. Um, as an unemployed Emmanuel. Um, so I feel you on that. For the people who are looking for a job, I feel you on that. For the people who don't know what's going to happen next, I feel you on that. For the people who just a whole bunch of life things have been going on and it's really hard. Like you, you've been praying, you've been fasting, you have been relying on God for a breakthrough. And still that thing has not come. And all your days are filled with some sort of suffering, some sort of trial and tribulation. I have been there. And maybe I haven't been exactly what you've been in because I, I ain't even going to claim that. I don't know what you're going through. But I do know what it's like to be in a place where you don't even want to go outside sometimes because you want to avoid the questions of what's next and the questions of what are you doing with your life. And I do know what it's like to be discontent with where you are in life. But you still know that God has something planned for you. At least hopefully he has something planned for you. And this is not the end. This is not how your life is going to end. So you pray, you fast, you remain faithful to the Lord. And most of the time you hear testimonies of people remaining faithful to the Lord and then boom, God blesses them with some type of blessing that they've been praying for. But for you, it's taken a really long time. It's taken some time. It's taken some time. What the heck is going on? I want to talk to you today. Man, the hardest thing about being in those in those periods is, is the ignorance that you have. Ecclesiastes, I believe, 311 talks about how God has put eternity in our hearts. Um, but, but, but no one, no one knows his work from beginning to end. We live a life of some ignorance, period, no matter what. Because the reality is, you know, God doesn't always tell us when he's going to bless us. We could be praying for something for so long time, but that doesn't mean that God's going to say, all right, you know, I answered your prayer and this is when the prayer is going to come. No, maybe even sometimes he says your prayer is answered, but I'm not going to tell you when it's going to happen. And we're forced to wait. We're forced to wait. And that's when, you know, it looks like we don't have our stuff together. Even though we've been praying and we've been obedient we are the people who are comparing ourselves to our age mates because they're miles ahead while we seem to just be stagnant in the same place for so long. Aunties and uncles is asking you when you're going to get married. My Nigerians know what I'm talking about. You know, you start to have those feelings of like you're useless. Maybe you don't even know your purpose. You don't even know what's going I'm telling you, man, there's so many of us. There's so like, first of all, let me say this. If that's you, if anything I'm saying fits your description just know that you are not alone, first and foremost. I know it looks like we all have our stuff together, but a lot of us do not know what's going on. We don't know what's going to happen next. And I have a message of encouragement for you today. And that message of encouragement is that my God and your God, Yahweh, sits on the throne. And because of that, because of that, oh my gosh. Man, we can have peace because of that. We do not have to fall into this f thought frenzy of, 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 of fear and anxiety 
and frustration because God rules the earth. It's important for every believer, every single believer, to grasp as much as they can the concept of God's sovereignty, what it means for God to be sovereign. It doesn't mean that God just has a plan for your life and God rules over your life. It means that God rules over the entire universe. There are people who do not believe in God. Understand this. There are people that have never heard of Yahweh, that have never heard of Jesus Christ, that are still, their lives are orchestrated Pieces are moved around. God still rules and makes ways and makes things happen for them in their life. I need you to understand this. I'm not going to go there. But Isaiah 45 is an amazing chapter to, to, to go to, to just talk about God's sovereignty over his people and people that are not his. When he talks about Cyrus of the Medes and the Persians. He, pro he, he, he uses uh, prophet Isaiah to prophesy about the future, what's going to come, and how Cyrus and the Medes and the Persians are going to overtake Babylon. Cyrus was not an Israelite. but He said, you don't know me, but I've chosen you. I'm talking about the God who is the great orchestrator, the God who says that who is the one that calls these things from generations. I am he, the one with the first and with, man, let me, let me. I need you guys to understand that God rules. He rules over your life. He rules over your family. He rules over your, your bosses and, and, and your, your professors and your pastors and your presidents. <laughs> he rules. He rules everything. And because he rules everything, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear anything. We don't have to fear anything, including what happened next. We don't have to fear our future. And it's not just because of his sovereignty, but it's because of who he is as well. It's the fact that he loves us. When you grasp the fact that he's so powerful, but then also that he loves you, you recognize that the ruler of the universe is on. You guys are on the same team. He actually loves you and he actually cares for you because his word says to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. First Peter was at five, seven. The sovereign ruler of the entire universe wants to take care of you. I know a lot of us, we might think that, you know, we don't always want to bring our needs to God. That is no, no, no. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's how you feel when people bring their needs to you, that they're bothering you or that they're asking for too much. Don't 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 act like God is you and don't act like God is the people who have who have who have uh, been like that to you. God is God. He likes when you come to him. He likes when his children recognize that he's the number one person that's going to provide for them in life, that he is it. He is the person that they need to go to. He likes being acknowledged as the provider. Don't get it twisted like, God, oh, I'm, I'm putting too much on God. You're not putting too much on God. Don't disrespect him like that. That's big OG. Big G-O-D. That's not your little friend. <laughs> He can handle it. He can handle it. In fact, you don't even have enough for him to handle. Like, you don't have enough for him to even 
to say that I can't handle it. You don't, if you were to plop everything on him, he's like saying, what else? This is too light. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32 says this. What shall we then say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but deliver him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Mm. Apostle Paul says here that we're talking about a God who did not spare his own son. We're talking about a God in order to demonstrate his love and give us the best possible gift that anybody can give anyone eternal life, a paradise. He he has given that to you by not even avoiding the cross. Came down in the flesh died on the cross so you can have eternal life, made the ultimate sacrifice to give you the ultimate gift. Surely this God loves you enough to give you a job. Surely he loves you enough and is powerful enough to help you graduate. Surely he's, he loves you enough and he's powerful enough to bring about the next chapter in your life with a blessing. That stuff is baby food compared to what he's already done. It's, it's nothing compared to what he's already done. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 to 11. I love this one. Or what is, uh, this is Jesus uh, speaking. He says, or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, he will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good, give good things to those who ask him? I love this passage. I read it not, not too long ago. I love this passage because Jesus helps us really put it in perspective. He said, if you who are evil, you who have sin in your heart, know how to give a good gift. Me, who I'm perfect. <laughs> God. You think I don't know how to give good gifts. The Bible even says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, that God knows what you need before you even ask. That's the God that we serve. Don't think that he doesn't understand. Don't think that he doesn't see you. Don't think that he's not powerful enough. And don't think that he doesn't love you. He wants to take care of you. And when you acknowledge all of these things, you realize, man, there's no. If, if God is the ruler over my life, then I don't have to fear what life brings. That's the reality of this life. However, it gets a little complicated because when we go through a season of severe suffering and suffering with a long duration, we start to question, okay, maybe I know that God loves me. Maybe I know that he's powerful, but apparently because of the suffering in my life, it means that God must not be near me. Sometimes the suffering in our life makes us think that God is mad at us. God disapproves of us. God is not near us or, or God doesn't love us or God is not powerful. But that's not what suffering means at all. There are even some of us who think that the suffering in our lives, even though we've been praying for it to go, we've been fasting for it to go. We have been pleading and begging God for it to go and it doesn't go. And we think that something's wrong with us. The reason why God hasn't given it to us is because we've sinned. Or the reason why God hasn't given it to us is because we don't have enough faith. I need us to understand something. The existence of suffering in your life does not always mean that, that there's a problem with you. <laughs> like we genuinely need to unlearn our per perception of suffering. We need to unlearn that. 
We cannot continue as Christians to go about thinking that suffering is, is a punishment and, and suffering is, is showing that God disapproves of you. God is not near you. He, he threw you away. That is not what the Bible says. That is not what this walk is about. And I know maybe some of you guys, you've heard on the pulpit that the reason why God hasn't answered your prayer is because you don't have enough faith. Or the reason why God hasn't asked you your prayer is because of this reason or that reason. Hey, I'm not, I don't know your particular, you know, thing, your particular, you know, situation. But what I will say is that sometimes that suffering is going to persist. And it's not because you sin and it's not because you don't have enough faith. It's because it's time to suffer. Ah, it's the season of suffering for you. I know this is probably not where you thought this was going. I know this is supposed to be encouraging, but let me continue. What am I at? Okay, 16 minutes. Let me continue. Wait. It's a season of suffering. Yeah. And the reason why you might have gasped, the reason why you might feel a bit repulsed and even me saying that is because we have a, a miss, a, 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 a skewed perception of suffering. We often think that suffering is a sign that God is not near. It's a sign of God's disapproval. But no, what I'm trying to say is sometimes the suffering is a sign that God is pleased by you and God is doing work in you. How do I know that? Because Romans chapter 5 verse 1 to 4 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with them. Through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of, um, of the glory of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. He's talking about people that have peace with God. Glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. What is Apostle Paul saying here? He is saying that the tribulations in our lives, those of us that have peace with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The tribulations in our lives are pedestals for God's glory. And he says that as we go through them. They create perseverance in us. Other, other versions will say patience or long-suffering. And from that patience, we, are, we produce a, 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 a character, like a righteous character. And through the righteous character, we adopt more of a concrete hope in the Lord. So somehow, the, the tribulations and enduring those tribulations are tied into us becoming more righteous and us having more faith in the Lord. Hmm. That's interesting. Isn't that good news? The suffering in your life, the tribulation in your life somehow leads to you having better character and more hope in the Lord. And look, I know a lot of people might say, well, that's really cool. I'm, I'm happy that I will have a better character. And I'm happy that I'm going to have more hope in the Lord. I'm happy you, you you read that verse, Emmanuel, but the reality is, you know, I also still want that money and I still want that promotion and I still want that job and I still want to graduate and I still want to know what I'm doing next and I still want the stability and I still want the comfort. And I'm not saying it's bad to want those things. I want those things too. 
I think every human being in their right mind wants those things. But I also need you to understand that that's not the only things that God wants for you. And here's here's the kicker. God doesn't just want a good job for you. And he doesn't just want a good car and a good house and good money for you. There are some people who have those things. And you're living a better life than them right now. Believe it or not. The reality is this, ladies and gentlemen, and, and, and here's the real point of this entire episode. Because God's definition, or let me say it like this. We want a good life, and our definition of the good life is all those things that I just named. But God's definition, or or God wants more for us than just that. God wants more for us than just our definition of the good life, which is the good money and the good job and the career and the education and all that stuff. God wants more for us than that. God also wants us to be holy as his father is holy. That's not his father is holy, but he wants us to be holy as he is holy, right? God wants us to be righteous. God wants us to be like Jesus Christ. Not just a successful entrepreneur and not just a, 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 a successful businessman, a successful businesswoman. And because of that, there are going to be seasons in our lives where the main focus of development is not going to be focused on career and it's not going to be focused on education. Instead, it's going to be focused on developing your character and your faith. It's going to be focused on making you more holy. And guess what? That often looks like suffering. That often looks like tribulation. It often looks like waiting. It often looks like isolation. Yeah. Those are seasons of life, too. The suffering seasons. Not just the elevation and not just the, the blessings, but also the, the time that God sets apart for you to actually endure tribulation. Because through the tribulation, he's in the business of making you more holy. He's not just in the business of you having a successful career having a lot of money in, the, in your bank account. No. That's, all that stuff is cool, and he can do that for you, but oftentimes he's more concerned with making you more like him. Holy. If this truly is the case, then those seasons of suffering and the seasons of waiting, they're not wasteful seasons. Those seasons where it looks like you just don't have your ish together, even though you've been faithful to God, it's not something that you have to be ashamed of because God is still working on you and he's still developing you. He's still doing something. It's just that the fruits of that season are not something you can brag about. And the fruits of the season might not be something that you can that you can um, that comforts you, that that comforts your cravings, that comforts that makes you feel good on, on, on a more stability sense. Right. But there are still fruits. Oftentimes, they're the fruits of the Spirit. 18 months, guys. 18 months I was unemployed after college. 
Big Emmanuel, valedictorian at Lincoln High School, going to number one public university in the nation, graduated in four years and couldn't find a job for 18 months out of college. What are you, what are you kidding? You understand how ashamed I was? 18 months, 18 months I did it. And even after the 18 months, I didn't immediately know why God had me do that. Hmm. But even as I was preparing for this message, it, it inspired me to go back to, because I journal every day, inspired me to go back to my past journals. And when I tell you that in the 18 months where I'm thinking, why is God allowing me to suffer from this unemployment? I was on EDD. Why is God allowing me to, to, to feel so useless like this? In those 18 months, let me tell you the things that happened in those 18 months. In those 18 months, um, God freed me from my addiction to porn and masturbation. In those 18 months. Um, in those 18 months, I almost quit unassociated. But instead, God reignited the flame, his fly, His fire within me. Um, and it's still going to this day. Uh, in those 18 months, I officially accepted the call to ministry over my life. And that's why I decided to go to seminary. Right now, I'm at Dallas Theological Seminary. I officially accepted over my life. Within those 18 months, I was even taken through a time of learning how to respond to the lies of Satan using the word, like uh, through journaling. God taught me. In those 18 months, I also made great headway when it came to uh, battling my insecurities as well. All in those 18 months where I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't making a lot of money at all. Um, where I was feeling useless, so on and so forth, and I was suffering, and I was I was just down. It was a very dark time. It was a hard time. But looking back, I see that I am a better human being and more like Christ at the end of the 18 months than I'd ever been in my entire life. And now, even on top of all that, on top of all that, I now have a testimony to encourage the next person that goes through their suffering season, their season where God is interested on their character and interested on making them more holy. I get to encourage them. I get to encourage the people who are now graduating and don't know what they're doing next. I get to encourage the people who might be employed now because if he did it for me, he can and he will do it for you. We have got to stop thinking that the seasons where on the outside it looks like we don't have our ish together, that they're wasteful and that they're really that. When in reality, it's a season of tribulation that God has put you through and he's put you through. And ain't, ain't no ain't enough praying that's going to get you out of it. He has put you through that tribulation and he wants you to let patience have his perfect work so you can be perfect lacking nothing. He has put you through that tribulation so that the tribulation gives way to perseverance and the perseverance gives way to character and the character gives way to hope. This is the time where God, it's not that you're not good enough to get a promotion. It's not that you're not good enough to get a job. It's not that you're not good enough to know what's going to happen next. It's not that you're not good enough. It's just that in this season, God said, you know what? I'm not so much interested in um, your career. And I'm not so much interested in your education. I'm not so much interested in, in giving a whole bunch of things to just make you feel good. I'm interested in you. And I'm interested in making you more like Christ. 
So bear with me. Literally bear with me. Suffer for a little bit. Be in it. You know. Don't worry. When it's time for you to be exalted, you don't have to look to the east and you don't have to look to the west and you don't have to look to the south. Psalm chapter 75, verse 6 to 7 says, For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is a judge. He puts down one and exalts another. When the time comes, you don't have to look to the east. You don't have to look to the west. You don't have to look to the south. Just look up. And just like that, he'll pull you up out of it. Here's your station. Here's your job. Here's your blessing. Here's here's your next step. Here's your chapter. Here it is. I had it the whole time. It wasn't about you changing a strategy. It wasn't about you praying and fasting longer. It wasn't about you doing this or doing that. It was about just enduring this time, man. Because he's God. He's God. And he loves you. And he wants more for you than just the things that you want for yourself. He wants you to be holy as he is holy. He can and he will exalt you when he wants at the appointed time. Uh, there was a note that I wanted to, to, to make also as well, especially to the people who are so concerned with their purpose in life. My friend, quit it. I forgot who I was talking to. And I just told him, like, bro, stop worrying about your purpose in life. If I'm just, if I'm, if I'm being real, we have to understand, of all the things that you can worry about as a Christian, worrying about your purpose is probably the stuff that just makes the least sense. Because God is the one that has given you that purpose. And the last time I checked... He works everything according to the counsel of his will. Last time I checked, he is the sovereign ruler of this world. I don't think anything has changed. And if that's truly the case, and as Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that we are before ordained that we should walk in them. If all of that's true, then it appears that the only thing that you need to focus on is him and there is nothing nothing not even the mistakes you make that will get in the way of your purpose being fulfilled because in reality it's his purpose and it's his plan that he is fulfilling through you the responsibility is his and your responsibility is to follow him Show me the verse that says, this is the purpose that I have given you and you need to go and figure it out and you need to go and solve the puzzle and, and, and go do it yourself. And uh, yeah, last time I checked, Jesus said, if anybody, <laughs> Jesus said, if anybody wants to be my disciple, if anybody want to roll with me, they got to deny themselves, pick up their cross and not find a path for themselves no 
and follow me. And follow him. Follow him. Follow him. Right, if I'm telling you, I could keep on preaching about this stuff because there's so many verses. There's so many verses, man. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says he keeps he keeps those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed in him because they trust in him. Trust in the Lord, Yah, forever. For in him is everlasting strength. Man, I told y'all we're on a time crunch. I said it fast. I said a lot, and I said it fast. And this is like the first episode since I since I've been back that's under 40 minutes. <laughs> but I hope you got it. I hope you got it, man. If not, rewind it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I appreciate and I love you guys, honestly. Um, man, I know how it feels to be in your position. I know how it feels to be in a season where God's just going to work on you, man. But don't let the suffering make you think that he's not near. Don't let the suffering think make you think that he is uh, uh, not approved, like he's not pleased by you. Um, it could very well mean the exact opposite, man. Because we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, man. Peace, peace, peace with God. Peace with him, man. Um, so let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. For this time that you've given me um, to get behind this mic and you've given us, Lord Jesus, to to talk, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that whoever's listening to this, Lord, you know how much they might have needed this. Oh, God. And I just pray you just help them, Lord, to to really cherish, to, to have this message be staying in the back of their mind. Oh, God, to remind them, Lord, in this season to just continue to have faith in you um, and, and to just live, give it all up to you, God. We, we don't know when you're going to deliver us from certain things, Lord, but we know that you are the great deliverer. <clears throat> You are our savior. You chose, you took that title. We didn't call you that first. You took that title and said that you are our savior. So we have the expectation that you will save us, oh God. You have chosen to be that for us, oh God. And we're expecting for you to show up for us. And even in this time of suffering, we're expecting you to change us and mold us and to make us more like Jesus Christ. So Father, Thank you for this season. We're going to continue to thank you through this season. And Father, we thank you, Lord, because the end is near. So God, be with us, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you in life. No longer stressing about purpose. No, we don't stress about purpose. No, no more. Father, we're just keeping our eyes fixed on you, oh God. Let, let everybody laugh. Let everybody say that we don't got our stuff together. Let them say it. That's fine. Because we have you, Lord. And in due time, we will be exalted. In due time, Father, we will look for our exaltation. And we won't look to the east and to the west and to the south. Father, we will look for it in you. Because you are where it comes from. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys. My phone is vibrating. That means I have to go and answer this call and get back to my family. Um, Y'all have an amazing week. Hit me up if you have any questions um, or topic suggestions as well. 